There's a lot of solutions in search of a problem. Republicans don't need election reform to win. We need leadership. In any sort of conversation around election reform, we lost credibility. Oh, yeah. You lost credibility. Yeah. Understatement of the Year Award. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, and 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPD. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Rochester, New York on WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX. Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. And yes, we stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day. You can run, but you can't hide. You'll find us on the Internet, streaming on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow. Says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Welcome to the Bradcast on a very sunny day. Well, it's raining here in Los Angeles, but it is the first day of daylight savings time. First weekday anyway, so I will take it. Very quickly here, because I want to get to my guest as soon as possible, who I believe uh, he is standing by or will be shortly. Last week, I uh, I spent some time uh, going through the details of the remarkably progressive $1.9 trillion COVID relief and stimulus bill uh, known as the American Rescue Plan, passed by Democrats and and only Democrats and signed by President Biden last week with zero Republican votes in either chamber of, com- of uh, Congress. In addition to the $1,400 individual checks, which are already arriving in people's bank accounts, the measure is wildly progressive on all sorts of points, including... Monthly payments of up to $3,600 per child over a year for many Americans. That is set to cut child poverty in half overall uh, and, and overall poverty by about a quarter in the U.S. With one single bill that was introduced as a $1.9 trillion proposal by President Biden and thanks to both unrelenting oversight by the Progressive Caucus in, uh, in the House, Uh, And little more than uh, new bad faith attempts at negotiation by Republicans, the measure was passed as a full $1.9 trillion bill with remarkably few changes around the margin. 
for what experts and economists are describing as a transformative bill and perhaps the most progressive in U.S. history. Because unlike previous such bills in recent decades, this one concentrates its spending and relief on those who actually need it. You know, the poor, the middle class. Uh, that led me last week to argue that uh, with, with a bill finally equitably focusing on the needs of working class Americans for the first time in decades rather than corporations and the already wealthy, history may come to regard this moment finally as the long overdue end to the Reagan era, at least if Democrats keep up the good work. Now, I shared some uh, feedback from a number of listeners last week in response to that point about this potentially being the end of the Reagan era, uh, some of whom agreed, some of whom did not. Uh, here's here's one more from a commenter at Bradblog.com. Mo Rage writes, uh, the end of the Reagan era? I so hope you're correct. I'm skeptical. But hopeful. Well, if time allows a little bit later in this hour, I would love to open up the phones and get your thoughts on what Democrats just did in Congress as Joe Biden and Kamala Harris begin to head around the country to help sell the bill to the American people by explaining all that is in it. And there is a lot in it for one point nine trillion dollars. Um, uh, and by the way, that's another lesson that they appear to have learned, Desi Doyen. Uh, they're going around the country actually talking about their accomplishment of what they did. I know. What a concept. Making sure the public actually hears about what's in the bill rather than relying on Republicans and the corporate media to set that narrative for them. Falsely, Falsely. set it for them. Exactly, exactly right. So good. Uh, they should have done that, by the way, after the Affordable Care Act. Glad to see they're doing it now after the American Rescue Plan. Uh, the bill is already wildly popular, but we'll see if it gets either more so or less so as time uh, moves on here. Uh, but if you'd like to ring in with your thoughts, again, as time allows a little bit later in the show, I will try to open up the phone lines. Write down the number if you like. It's 818-985-5735. It has been it's been quite a while since we've been able to open up the phone line. So I'd like to try 818-985-KPFK will be our number if you want to queue up early. Uh, but first, we've also been reporting in some detail uh, in recent days on the more than 200 GOP sponsored voter suppression bills now working their way through state legislatures in more than 40 states Following last year's presidential election uh, loss, definitive loss uh, by Joe Biden to Joe, by Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Don't want to don't want to make any mistakes. Don't want to confuse anybody there. We've got enough <laughs> problems don't. on this point. Anyway, last week uh, on several shows, we discussed uh, a new law in Iowa just signed by its Republican governor, Kim Reynolds, that would severely shorten early voting days and polling hours, even though there were absolutely no reported problems or questions about Iowa's uh, very well-run elections in 2020. Uh, as well, we've been keeping an eye on more than a dozen measures being examined and or passed by the Georgia state legislature. That's a very close swing state, as you may have noticed. They are also trying to place curbs on voting, targeting certain types of voters in particular. On Sunday, Georgia's Republican lieutenant governor, Jeff Duncan, actually broke at least a little bit somewhat from his party um, 
when he decried former President Trump's, quote, divisive tone and message, and he criticized at least one of the measures being moved forward by his own party, by Republicans in Duncan's own battleground state that would, among other things, end no-excuse absentee voting in the Peach State. The move to roll back no-excuse absentee voting there, a law, by the way, that Republicans themselves enacted in 2005, comes after Democrats won both the presidential election in the state last November for the first time in decades, as well as both U.S. Senate runoff elections that were held in January. As Donald Trump continued to spread his big lie, suggesting that he had actually won the election by a landslide in Georgia and elsewhere, That is decidedly untrue and that somehow increased use of absentee ballots, specifically fraudulent use of absentee ballots, though there's no evidence of that either in Georgia or anywhere else for that matter, that somehow that was to blame for his loss in the Peach State last year and in a whole bunch of other states. Of course, the use of mail-in ballots uh, hit an all-time high during the 2020 election because we were in the middle of the COVID pandemic that you may have heard about. Trump spent a year trying to help make that pandemic much worse and more dangerous and more deadly than it might have otherwise been under a normal, even even semi-competent presidency. And last week, Georgia's lieutenant governor, who oversees the state Senate, Uh, To his credit, he refused to preside over a session there as lawmakers considered and then ultimately passed by one single vote, a bill that would sharply restrict absentee voting. The omnibus election legislation full of new restrictions on voting in Georgia was ultimately advanced by the GOP majority Georgia State Senate over to the state house for consideration there and for reconciliation with similar voting restrictions that were adopted by the also GOP-controlled lower chamber. Lieutenant Governor Duncan, who refused to play along with Trump's election fraud falsehoods amid the then-president's refusal to concede, he argued on Sunday's Meet the Press that Republicans aren't in need of election reform to win more elections as he took aim at the former president's divisive rhetoric in response to questions from NBC's Chuck Todd. You've yourself said this is a solution in search of a problem. Let me put up uh, some of these proposals in the Georgia legislature. And no excuse absentee voting, require more ID for absentee voting, limit weekend early voting, ban um, offering food and drinks to folks in line for voting, restrict ballot drop boxes there. I know you're um, against the top one there, no excuse absentee voting. Are you against all of these changes? As you, as you mentioned a second ago, there's a lot of solutions in search of a problem. Uh, Republicans don't need election reform to win. We need leadership. I think there's millions of Republicans waking up around the country that are realizing that Donald Trump's divisive tone and strategy is, is unwinnable. Uh, in, in, in forward-looking elections. We need real leadership. We need new, new focus, a GOP 2.0 mm-hmm. that includes moderates in the middle uh, to get us to the next election cycle. Do you understand when, when people hear uh, that state legislatures want to restrict weekend voting, particularly Sundays in the South, that it, that, that it only seems to target African-American voters? Do you understand why folks see that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very sensitive to that. And, and I'm one of those Republicans that, that want more people to vote. Why do you think you're in the, what, the right now in your party that that's a minority view? 
or at least the perception, certainly when you look across the country in these state legislatures, Republican legislature after legislature is, is talking about making it harder to vote. You're not, but why are you in the minority? Yeah, not certain. Uh, look, I'm going to stay focused on doing the right thing. You know, this started shortly after the November elections when all the misinformation started flying up. Uh, and, and quite honestly, it, it hurt Republicans in any sort of conversation around election reform. We lost credibility. Um, those were 10 weeks that we can't take back. January 6th was a pivot point for this country and for this party. Uh, and like I said, I hope more people vote in Georgia next election than this previous one. So that was Georgia's Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan. He's a Republican, but he is decidedly uh, in the minority in his own party in not uh, hoping to see drastic new uh, restrictions on voting this year uh, in a state that Donald Trump lost. Uh, as I'm as I'm going to air here, I'm seeing John Ralston um journalist, uh, Nevada journalist, saying that uh, the Republicans are trying to do the same thing in the uh, assembly up in Carson City in Nevada, where Donald Trump also lost in 2020, with Republicans saying we need to pass election security measures because people have no faith in the system. Gosh, I wonder how that could have happened. Duncan on Meet the Press went on to say that he was disgusted by a newly surfaced recording of a phone call that Donald Trump had with a top elections investigator in Georgia, in which Trump had instructed the investigator overseeing post-election audits of Cobb County's absentee ballot envelope signatures that, quote, when the right answer comes out, you'll be praised said the then president of the United States back before Christmas as he buttered her up and essentially encouraged her to find fraud, whether there was any actual to be found or not. The call made to investigator Francis Watson uh, came before Christmas, but it was released just a few days ago after it was discovered that uh, in, in uh, it was discovered in Watson's deleted folder for some reason on her cell phone. Now, why would that be? Why would she have deleted that call and not told anyone about it? A later call to Georgia's secretary of state uh, in which Trump appeared to try and bully the state's chief election official into similarly declaring fraud where none existed. That is also part of what is believed to be now a very serious criminal, criminal probe into a potential conspiracy led by the president of the United States, to try and defraud Georgia's election results. Those are, that's, those are felony crimes under state law, and that's now being probed by the Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney, Fonnie Willis. That could result in those uh, conspiracy racketeering that she is looking at. That could result in a 20-year prison sentence for the conspirators. That call with Georgia, uh, Georgia's secretary of state came just days before the deadly Trump incited insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. But of course, the response to all of this uh, in Georgia's GOP dominated legislature and in other states around the country is to make voting more difficult, despite the lack of fraud. For certain Democratic leaning voters who are not credibly uh, accused of violating any laws. 
The story has been similar in many other states, even those that Donald Trump did win in 2020, but where his winning margin was reportedly less than it had been in 2016. For example, Texas. NBC News is reporting today that the Lone Star State Republicans are rolling out a slew of restrictive election bills taking particular aim at early voting after Democrats enthusiastically embraced the practice last year. More than two dozen GOP-sponsored election bills are now under consideration in the state legislature as lawmakers seek to tighten ID requirements and voter rolls, limit early voting, and up the penalties for errors. This is uh, after a mandate from the governor to prioritize election legislation and to make uh, changes to Texas's election law likely this year. State Senator Brian Hughes, a Republican who chairs the State Affairs Committee and introduced a 27-page omnibus bill with several new restrictions and penalties, said the 2020 election increased interest in legislation Texas lawmakers were already keen on doing. They were going to do it anyway, but now, you know, with the election... With all of those questions about the results, I can't imagine where those questions came from. Now they're going to just do it anyway. Funny how that works. Well, hey, it's your home state of Texas, Des. I know. Sad to say. So once again, as we all know... <laughs> it's my fault. This is your fault. <laughs> I should so, never have left. Yeah, you shouldn't have. Uh, so you see, the, the big lie, lying about non-existent election fraud, that was not for naught. It is being rewarded in fact, by Republicans. Former disgraced President Donald Trump's stolen election lie has now convinced three of every four Republicans that there was widespread voter fraud in last year's election. Three of every four Republicans. That, according to a December Quinnipiac University poll, Despite the complete dearth of evidence to support that belief and, in fact, the abundance of evidence that suggests just the opposite, the office of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who, by the way, himself has been under indictment for felony securities fraud for at least five years now, even as serving while as a Texas AG, his office spent some 22,000 hours looking for voter fraud in the state last after uh, last November's election. They uncovered a total of 16, 16 cases of false addresses on registration forms, according to the Houston Chronicle. That out of nearly 17 million voters who are registered in the state of Texas. And yet... They're bringing on one, a, what NBC calls a slew of restrictive election bills. And, by the way, Republicans are not only moving new voter suppression laws forward in states where they lost the presidential election last year or in states like Texas where they won but saw their margin pared back a little bit. They're also hoping to enact new voting re uh, restrictions which target Democratic-leaning voters in states that they both won and increased their winning margin in the bargain. The state of Florida in 2020 saw Donald Trump's winning percentage increase from just over one point, one percentage point back in 2016 to more than three points in 2020. One of those votes, by the way, that was uh, cast by Trump himself 
was illegally done so. His absentee voting in the state comes despite questions about the fact that he appears to have no legal residence in the state of Florida since an agreement he made with the city of Palm Beach in 1993 prevents anyone from holding permanent residency at Mar-a-Lago which Trump claimed last year was his voting residence in apparent violation of Florida law. Still waiting for Florida, uh, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to take any action on that. Luckily, Donald Trump is white. He's Republican, so he'll probably be OK. But while his own vote seems to have been cast fraudulently, uh, it was one of very few. It came after he sung the praises of Florida's absentee voting system last year as being tried and true. Unlike states where he wasn't voting by absentee himself, Republican leaders in the Sunshine State who once sang the praises of their voting system are apparently having a change of heart, and election officials in the state are none too happy about it. In the months before and immediately after the 2020 election, GOP lawmakers bragged about the state's mastery of mail-in voting. They lauded November's election for, as Governor Ron DeSantis put it, showing the country how, quote, elections should be run. But now, with DeSantis's encouragement, the legislature is indeed moving forward with a bill to make drastic changes to Florida's mail voting procedures, prompting aggressive pushback from local election officials who are in charge of implementing those laws. Brian Corley, a Republican who is the election supervisor in Pasco County, said in a statement, I am literally befuddled as to why we would tweak a system that performed exceedingly well. Alan Hayes, the supervisor for elections in Lake County, Florida, and yes, another Republican, said all of these people are just abundant in their congratulations and appreciation for a wonderful election. Well, then he says, why don't you end the conversation there instead of trying to go in here and wreck a very well-functioning system? Hayes, who previously served in Florida's Senate and House, testified at a state committee hearing on the bill Wednesday where he called the, uh, the legislation in question a, quote, travesty. He was joined by Leon County Supervisor Mark Early, a Democrat who is vice, the vice president of the Supervisors State Association. Early said that the organization opposed the bill, quote, vehemently and that it would bring confusion and long lines to Florida's elections. But of course, that may be the point. As those long lines tend to come in jurisdictions with the most people in them, which also just happen to lean Democratic. Despite the critique, however, from state election officials, the legislation known as SB 90 advanced out of one committee last week and will head now to the Senate floor after clearing one more panel. The bill would end the use of drop boxes, ballot drop boxes and make other changes to Florida's mail ballot system making them more cumbersome. Yes, Republicans in the perennial swing state of Florida, now that it's years of problematic elections, may finally be coming under control. Now they hope to upend things all over again. Now that their defeated presidential candidate Donald Trump, who won the state, is pretending that the nation has been victimized by massive absentee voting fraud, despite zero evidence to back up that claim. And those who know uh, know all of this the best, the election officials on the ground of 
Both the Republican and Democratic Party in Florida, they are once again being forced to stage a bit of an uprising against what is happening in Tallahassee. Let's take a quick break here. We will come back to be joined by someone that uh, who I regard as the longtime dean of Florida state election officials who only recently retired. That would be the great Ion Sancho, former supervisor of elections in Leon County, Florida. That is Tallahassee. Uh, and he was also overseer of the eventually aborted 2000 presidential recount in the state. He joins us next on the broadcast. You won't want to miss it. I'm Brad Friedman. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the broadcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Well, with GOP officials now in more than 40 states attempting to move forward, more than 200 new restrictions on voting, particularly aimed at suppressing vote by mail. After Donald Trump's loss in 2020, election experts have decried what they see as the greatest effort to suppress the vote since the Jim Crow era. And this is all ongoing right now. I know it's lovely to uh, relax a little bit. Donald Trump is out of office. COVID rates are coming down a little bit. But this is all going on right now in states that Trump lost and in states that Trump won, even in states where he increased his winning margin from 2016 to 2020, like the great state of Florida where Republican lawmakers there are pushing a bill forward that, among other things, would end the use of absentee ballot drop boxes in the state for reasons that remain unclear to me, other than as a means to try and make it harder to vote for Democrats who used absentee voting in much larger numbers than Republicans last year amid the coronavirus pandemic. This uh, new bill being pushed through the uh, General Assembly down in uh, in Florida is opposed by election officials of both parties, both Democratic and Republican. And yet Republicans don't give a damn. They're pushing it through anyway. Joining us now is our friend, the great Ion Sancho, former Leon County, Florida supervisor of elections. That is Tallahassee, the state's capital. He served in that election, uh, in that elected position there for almost 30 years before retiring in 2016. Boy, did he get out in time. Uh, and uh, as I note, whenever he joins us, Sancho uh, was so well respected by his fellow election officials in the state on both the right and the left that he was tapped to oversee the legendarily contentious 2000 presidential election recount in the state between Al Gore and George W. Bush. Ion has also been a great longtime champion of election integrity and even a foe of many a voting machine company over the years, standing up to them and to Florida state officials when obstacles were put in the way of both voters and their ability to oversee 
the results. Oh, Mr. Sancho, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. Thank you for allowing me to pull you away from your fishing in retirement <laughs> to help us understand what the hell is now going on in your great state, not to mention in about 40 others around the country. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, sir. I'm doing fine. Thank you for that kind introduction. Uh, well, you deserve it, sir. Uh, listen, I, I want to get to this uh, Dropbox, Dropbox issue and, and other related matters in a moment, but I know there is, there's more that the GOP lawmakers are attempting to do to pare back options uh, for voters in Florida. TPM reports that local election officials are anxious about how this bill would drastically scale back the option Florida voters now have to sign up to automatically receive mail ballots for multiple elections in a row, currently voters can opt in to receive mail ballots for every election in a four-year period uh, before having to renew that uh, request to get on the mail ballot list again. But SB90, as this bill is called, uh, will require them to re-up their applications every other year. Why are they arguing that that is necessary and why should it be a, a concern? Well, I will tell you, uh, the great Tip O'Neill once said, all politics is local. And what's being overlooked by the national press is that this issue, while framed nationally by the disgraced ex-president, um, is really being pushed by Governor Ron DeSantis, who in 2018 mm -hmm. won by a scant 30,000 votes out of 8 million cast, yep. and he's scared to death because the Democrats right now have over a half a million uh, vote margin for individuals signed up to get that vote-by-mail ballot. And of the uh, millions of Democratic voters that voted by mail, 1.5 million of them dropped them off in those vote-by-mail drop boxes that in January of 2020, before Trump had laid out his uh, plot to try to steal the elections by damning vote-by-mail ballots, the Republican legislature, whose Republican base had always outvoted the Democrats uh, from tw 2000 to uh, tw uh, 2020, mm -hmm. they required by law that each vote-by-mail establishment have a drop box. And then <laughs> the bottom dropped out, COVID hit, and the Democratic Party in the state of Florida said, we don't want to subject any of our workers to go door to door in the state of Florida. So they embarked on a, a, a phone program to enroll people in vote by mail. And that was overwhelmingly successful. And vote by mail dramatically uh, increased on the Democratic Party side to the point now today, if Governor DeSantis does not get rid of that list, he's facing a half a million vote margin to begin with. And that's what's driving this particular bill this year, because you are correct, Florida's elections uh, was praised by elections uh, experts all over the country. And I will tell you, as someone who's been closely following elections uh, since the beginning of last year, um, this was the best large election in the history of the United States, in my opinion. Mm. Um, Director Krebs stated that on a cybersecurity level. My belief is that's true. Not saying there weren't problems. I'd like to look at those ESNS machines mm -hmm. in uh, down in the in the valley in Texas mm -hmm. and in South Florida. Yep. But you know I can't do anything about that. Our laws do not prevent 
citizens from ascertaining the validity of the voting equipment in America. You mean they That's do not? They, you mean they do pre- uh, prevent? They don't allow the uh, citizens right. from overseeing the the veracity of those results. Yeah, and we're right. going to be talking. They, they don't. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about that. I hope a little bit uh, more later this week because there is a very disturbing story out of Texas regarding those ESNS voting machines. Uh, but Ion, uh, I, I I think you sort of hit the nail on the head when you when you draw a bead here on DeSantis. And he also was uh, praising Florida elections. But now that he's looking forward to his own election two years from now, it needs to be noted what they are talking about doing. If I understand this correctly, uh, not only are they going to make uh, folks sign up, you know, every two years for uh, for absentee ballots if this goes through, but they're going to wipe out everyone who is currently signed up for absentee ballots. So if, you know, if you signed up a month ago and you asked for absentee ballots for the next four years, as I understand it, you're going to be wiped out. They're going to wipe out the entire list and have to rebuild it again. Is that your understanding of this? Yes, yes. You would have to register to vote vote by mail before every general election because they're every two years and it would only be good for one year. So you would have to up yourself on the list every state election in order to keep getting your vote by mail ballots. And, and, and actually, I have to tell you, this is, this is deja vu all over again. This is not the first drive-through, uh, drive-by shooting by Senator Baxley on carrying the Republican voter suppression. In 2010, he was the author of House Bill 1355, with dramatically curtailed early voting, because Obama was carried early voting here in the state of Florida by such a large margin that an actual majority of all African-Americans in this state voted at an early voting location. So the very next year, Baxley uh, was given the task uh, to carry the voter suppression bill to curtail that. Uh, So this, this this is a tried and true playbook with the same characters involved, um, and, uh, you know, I've been witnessing voter suppression in the state of Florida since 2000. Uh, and, it's, yep. it's, and, and it's finally hit a national level where there are over 43 states with over 250 bills doing this. And in an election in which, quite frankly, was the best large election in our nation's history. Um, but this was, and, and so, I, you know, I'm, I'm very angry. Uh, I can I- only tell you I'm very angry that this slander has caused uh, people to doubt the veracity of elections. One should always question authority. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm someone who grew up in the 60s. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Uh, lying in the face of evidence, and in Georgia, uh, the state not more than 12 miles north of my home, uh, I, I witnessed uh, those uh, uh, recounts mm-hmm. and audits, and they were accurate they were incredibly accurate. They were over 99 percent accurate. And that's 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 telling. And yet the people in Georgia, they don't they don't give a damn for the truth. It, They're just going to believe the big lie. It You know, it it is maddening because Ion, uh, you and I both have, have spent now several decades, uh, you know, fighting for voting rights, fighting for election rights, fighting to clean up disastrous elections. Now, uh, you know, in some places they begin to get cleaned up. And of course, they're trying to roll them back. Did you? But did you use uh, drop boxes in Leon County during your uh, decades as the uh, supervisor of elections there? 
And and if so, did you ever have any problems with their use? No, uh, we we didn't. But actually, every early voting site was a Dropbox location. It was a place that a citizen could just walk up and leave uh, the ballot at the entrance. We had an individual actually greet them, take the ballot, make sure it was signed properly, and then walk it into the office, clock it in and drop it in. That's what we did prior to drop boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, And the drop boxes are just as convenient. And the law that was passed um, that the Republicans put into place, and I have to say Republicans, because there's almost a supermajority of Republican control in the Florida legislature Mm -hmm. and has been since 1998. Mm. So we're talking about solid authoritarian Republican control where the people that you mentioned who criticized the bill, Senate Bill 90, uh, Alan Hayes mm-hmm. and Mark Early, they were threatened by Senator Baxley, who told them in a none too veiled threat that they don't like being talked to. Like yeah, that. I was going to ask about that. So this is Senator Dennis Baxley. He's a, Baxley, he's a Republican. And yeah, those, those two names you just mentioned, uh, those are both Republican election officials themselves. Now, in Florida... The uh, supervisors of elections in each county are elected by the people, by and large. Um, And uh, in an interview, uh, Baxley said that the uh, changes, they're they're still being considered. But he said he was surprised by the backlash from the local election officials. He told TPM, quote, I've always tried to be very responsive to the supervisors because they do a great job and they are usually a little more careful about how they interact. More careful about how they interact? He said a couple of them have been pretty brutal on me, and I'm not sure that you've accomplished a lot by doing that with policymakers. Well, that does sort of sound like a threat to me, Ion. Oh, it was clearly a threat. Uh, As someone who observed the legislative process and lobbied as well for most of my career here in Tallahassee, the process has become so uh, disrespectful of civil um, civility Mm -hmm. Um, in, in so much as if you are a member of the Democratic House or Senate and you engage in an argument, you are shut down immediately. And the chairman and the committees have that authority. They cut off debate. They won't allow questioning. It's, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling to see how the democratic process is supposedly coming from a clearly authoritarian and dictatorial process. You know, I, 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 there's there's a lot of uh, of complaints we've heard from Republicans over the years about uh, you know voting, mail-in voting. Although they used to Republicans used to love mail-in voting, um, but various complaints. This one concerning the drop boxes, frankly, kind of caught me off guard. I have to say. Um, in, in Florida, some 1.5 million voters used drop boxes, apparently, last November. Um, yes. And so maybe you can straighten me out here. I've actually, you know, I'd, I'd have more confidence dropping my ballot into a drop box that I know is going straight to election officials rather than dropping it into the mail system where any number of things can happen to it before it actually arrives, if it arrives at all. Can you explain well, well, to me what GOP lawmakers are actually concerned about when it comes to drop boxes? And isn't, aren't they even more secure than mailboxes? Yes. The law that passed in 2020 required that they be staffed and monitored. When I and I have, unfortunately, I came up with a with a, an illness last 
last June that compromised my immune system and I really could not vote in person anymore. And I simply received my vote by mail ballot Mm -hmm. and took it to the early voting center where I knew that there was going to be a drop box. And an individual greeted me, asked me if the thing had been signed, because that's the critical uh, reason why ballots are rejected in Florida. It was. And so I opened my door and dropped it in the drop box and drove off and not having to interact with anyone except one individual who monitored the process and just checked to make sure uh, by verbally asking me had I signed it. And so every Dropbox location in the entire state of Florida was monitored, every (laughs) one. And in fact, that just made it too accessible and simple for voters to vote. That's the problem. They don't want voters to be able to vote easily or accessibly because they feel they lose when that happens in Florida, which really reflects on the paucity of their policies, mm. uh, if that's what they mm-hmm. believe. And uh, yeah, Baxley, uh, Senator Baxley, Florida Senator Baxley was saying that uh, he was describing uh, mailboxes, U.S. Postal Service mailboxes, as far more secure than drop boxes. There's also a, yeah, I, I know. And I, and I can tell you in Florida with, yeah. with the big push that the Democratic Party did on vote by mail, the topic of the, of the, of mail uh, being secure and being manipulated by the, the, uh, the head of the postal departments um, was a major fear. And so people did not want to drop them off mm-hmm. in, in mailboxes yep. uh, because some of those mailboxes went to warehouses and they were never brought into the, to be counted. So that's what drove 1.5 million Democrats Mm -hmm. to drop those things off at a monitored box. And you know what? The Republicans have. I'm sorry. They just want to get rid of that kind of of easy way for citizens to vote securely. Uh, It doesn't serve their political interests. Brad. Yep. That's all it is. Yeah, I know. And it, and this was after they won the state. Donald Trump actually, it, one of the few states where Donald Trump uh, reportedly increased his margin over 2016. Uh, Ian, there's also, uh, very quickly, uh, the, the bill, as I understand it, down in Florida would require voters to submit much more detailed personal information, including driver's license ID yeah. or the last yeah. four digits of their social security number uh, when they apply for a mail ballot. What, what problems do you foresee? see there well it's just going to uh, it, it, some 10 percent of the citizens for example the very poor in the state of florida and 10 percent of them means there's there's a few hundred thousand of them they don't have driver's licenses because they don't drive they're too poor to drive they can't afford insurance and they can't afford uh gas so they depend upon public transportation so right off the bat this is going to be problematic to those individuals again it's the poor, so I don't think the Republicans are too concerned. For yeah, no that. worries, no worries. Uh, but people don't realize that 10% of the population does not possess that kind of information because it has no value to them since they don't have a car and will never be able to get one because they're too poor. And and also this personal information that would be included means apparently that they can no longer uh, do it with a postcard that it will actually because it's private information, so they'll actually have to have a uh, <clears throat> excuse me a piece of paper. And an envelope, which is uh, thought to believe uh, will cost election officials anywhere from 14 to 16 million dollars as an unfunded mandate, because as of now, I guess the uh, state legislature is not paying for that additional cost. That's correct. In Florida, while it does have a constitutional amendment banning 
uh, unfunded mandate, there is a specific exemption that the state put in that language to accept elections. So they can pass on any cost they want to to the county elections offices and the county taxpayers have to pay for it out of their property taxes. Oh, my God. I did not know about that exception. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's been rigged here. It's been going. This is again. I've been watching these kinds of how can we curtail this? How can we do that? It's been going on since 2000. Yep. Uh, For example, one year I produced uh, Braille sample ballots and Braille ballots mm-hmm. for the individuals. There were not a lot, probably 40, mm-hmm. who were old enough that they were trained to read Braille. Mm-hmm. So we had that done for those citizens. The next year, the Florida legislature came in and banned Braille ballots, oh, period. Geez. End of story. Wow. Listen, uh, I've got just a minute here, Ion. You know, after, after you have spent so many years <clears throat> going uh, toe-to-toe, uh, with voting machine companies in the state of Florida. Uh, listeners may uh, remember if they saw HBO's landmark Emmy-nominated Hacking Democracy documentary, uh, you were uh, you're seen overseeing this breathtaking, the first known hack of a Diebold optical scan tabulator uh, in the film's climactic scene. Um, you know, as someone like that, uh, a, a champion of transparency, fighting against these electronic voting and tabulation systems, what do you make of the attack on the Dominion Voting Systems Company by Republicans, which has uh, earned them, by the way, several uh, huge defamation lawsuits? So don't get me in any trouble, Ion. But dis- oh no, I'm not going to get you <laughs> in any trouble because because yeah. actually, I think the Dominion, some of their products are the best products on the market. I first became aware of that Canadian company when they came to to mm-hmm. visit my tech department in 2006 because our reputation was that we, we were interested in advanced technology and looking for new new technology for for, for the process and and um, I I know the uh, they know the CEO I, I know many of the technicians and um, I I will. Even though I don't like ballot marking devices, I think the accuracy of the ballot marking device in Georgia was demonstrated so clearly as to just end any debate on that accuracy. And I would hope that the Dominion company is successful in suing the liars who spewed maliciously known lies to try to gain a partisan advantage. Uh, Unfortunately, we have a robust First Amendment and you can't sue politicians for deliberately lying. Um, but I think this voting machine company has some very strong grounds, particularly because Stark County in Ohio overruled the commissioners overruled their election board and denied them the purchase of Dominion voting machines last week, which the elections board mm-hmm. had said were the best for their citizens. But the Republicans on the county commission reversed the vote. And uh, so you know what? Yeah, there has been a, a clear injury to that corporation and more power to them collecting against these liars. Yeah, uh, they're able to clearly show damages. I know it's very strange. I, too, find myself uh, on the side of the voting machine companies in this case, which is a an uncomfortable place to be. But, uh, you know, a lie is a lie, and you got to call them out uh, as you see them. Ion Sancho, the former Leon County, Florida supervisor of elections, 
uh, a great longtime election integrity champion. And even in retirement, he continues that good fight. Uh, great speaking with you, Ion. Folks can follow your work, and they should, on the Twitters at Ion Sancho one that's the number one ion sancho one ion it's great speaking with you my friend and i uh, hope you don't mind if we pull you away from uh, the fishing again in the near future to join us not a problem sir thank you thanks man all right uh let's take a quick break here and uh, if you would like to ring in on any of this i'd love to hear from you my phone number is 818-985-5735 also as i noted at the top of the show i have been arguing over the past week on this show that while well we can't know for sure but i believe that democrats if they keep up what they are doing right now Following the passage of the historically progressive $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan uh, passed without any Republican votes, if they keep that up, and yes, it will cut child poverty in half, um, this bill and this era might finally become known as the official end to the uh, four-decade-long Ronald Reagan era. Seriously, I welcome your thoughts on that. You can give me a call. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, or am I leaning too far forward on my skis on it? I, I'd, lo I'd love to hear what you think. Am I right? Am I wrong? Give me a call. 818-985-KPFK. That's straight ahead. Maybe some other stuff. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to The Bradcast. Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. All right, welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com with you here. Our phone number is 818-985-5735 if you'd like to call in quickly to discuss the American Rescue Plan, $1.9 trillion, about which I have uh, said that time will tell. But I think it's quite possible that with the passage of that bill, which is wildly progressive, uh, will cut child poverty in half, overall poverty by a quarter, actually focuses relief money to people who need it most, the poor, the working and middle class, that in fact the Reagan era may finally have just ended. 818-985-KPFK. Let's take some of your calls on any or all of the above. Fred in Studio City. Hey, Fred, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Yeah, um... Thanks for taking my call. Sure. In, uh, in, in 2016, four years ago, Donald Trump got 60 million votes. And all we heard from CNN, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, and the like was, uh, you know, there was Russian collusion, Russian interference. There was, um, you know, uh, interference from Eastern European countries. Mm -hmm. There was people, uh, you know, adding to Trump's votes, this and that. Now, four years later, Trump gets 70 million votes. Who, 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 votes. Wait, hang on a second, Fred. Who, who said that there were people adding 
uh, to Trump's votes? Oh, what, what evidence was there for you, that? Did you not? Did you not? Well, you're, you're not watching Rachel Maddow. You're not watching MSNBC. All we heard was Russian collusion, Russian interference with the voting system. Yeah, That's I, I, I yeah, I never heard That's her. Say, yeah, I never heard. Years. Yeah, I never heard her say that any uh, that that Russia added votes to uh, Donald Trump. Where did you hear that? On her show, you okay. listen to her show. Okay, and you'll you'll have to point you'll have to point me to that, Fred. But yeah, go ahead. Fraudulent. We heard that the we heard that the voting was fraudulent. We heard that he was an illegitimate president. No, we didn't. Years later, he gets ten million more ten million more votes. Ten yeah. million more votes. Yeah. And then now we hear that oh, the voting system is fine. It's perfect. Everything is on the up and up. There was no, no nothing to nothing to look at over here. Mm-hmm. There was no interference from any every from from anything. All the votes were counted, and uh, Joe Biden won. Fair and square. That's all we hear now. But mm-hmm. but Trump got 10 million more votes, yeah. regardless of an onslaught from the from the unified media mm-hmm. against Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, Donald Trump was attacked every day. He what's your What's your question, day. Fred? What are you getting at? Yeah. Well, how, how come How come all of a sudden How come all of a sudden the vote The voting is is legitimate, and four years ago it wasn't. Okay, well, let me uh, respond to that. Uh, First, I uh, watch Rachel Maddow with some frequency. I've never uh, seen her say that there were votes added to Donald Trump's results. There is a great body of evidence uh, showing the uh, interference that was, in fact, put in place by uh, by, by Russians, mostly uh, via social media and so forth. There are questions about the results themselves, which we have never been able to examine, either the ballots or the voting machines to find out if there was some sort of manipulation. So there is no evidence that votes were manipulated. I'm not sure where you're getting that. Uh, Neither is there evidence that votes were manipulated in 2020. Seems pretty consistent to me. What am I missing? Uh, okay, is this the same social media that just banned Trump and and removed his Twitter account? Correct. the same social media? Yes, that's the one. Banning, that's... Yep. That's the one that the one that disallows people to uh, incite violence. Yes, they they recently they they recently banned him. They allowed him to have uh, his Twitter uh, in violation, by the way, of their written rules. He allowed him to continue tweeting for years and years. But again, what is your point? I asked you a specific question. How is it uh, on? uh, uh, How is it inconsistent in any way that there was no evidence? Uh, available that the voting machines were manipulated in 2016, and there's no evidence to show that now. Why is that inconsistent? No, wait a second. But you just said a big lie. I got to go back to it now. Maxine Waters, mm-hmm. uh, she's a congresswoman. She was calling for violence day in and day out. You had the mayors of Portland. I never heard her calling of... for violence. Where did you hear oh, her you calling for violence? That famous interview. You get in their face. If you see a Republican, you get in their face. If uh-huh. you see. Right. Somebody who's voting Republican? You interrupt them. You yell at them. You shame them. You sp- yelling, and, and yelling, and getting in their face is violence. Oh, That's oh, violence. You're in media. You're you're in media. You're in media, and you don't. You're in media, and you don't okay. know what Maxine Waters was praising the rioters. Okay. She was praising. No, 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 no. She was no, no, sir, Fred. I'm not going to let you rewrite uh, reality. That's Donald Trump's job, Rea- dude. Listen. No, no. Hang on. She was not praising rioters. She was praising demonstrators, as was I. As okay. All I heard, all I've heard, all I've heard on uh, MSNBC and CNN, you talk about January sixth, as if, as if that was the, the epicenter of, of all the violence. We had we had violence for nine months over the summer. You guys okay. didn't say a damn word about it. Okay. Instead, yeah. Instead, instead, you talk about January sixth, and now you have. You have Washington, D.C. surrounded like it's the Kremlin 
with tanks and with armed guards. Okay, so you're cool. So let me just, Fred, I got to get going because I'm almost at the top of the hour. You are cool then with the attack on the Capitol on January 6th where five I people died. That. Is I that right? I said I was cool with that. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I, oh, okay. I never said that. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm asking. It's a question. You're lying. It's, I'm not lying. It's a question, Fred. All right. Nobody, nobody, All right. In, nobody has condoned the attack, okay? Nobody, okay. No, nobody who, is, who, is, okay. who is logical and is rational condoned that attack. But that's always yeah. well. A lot of folks who are not rational or logical did condone that attack. Ron Johnson has been out there saying, "Oh, it was not us. It was uh, Antifa or whoever." Anyway, Fred, I got to go. Literally, I'm at the top of the hour here. You've taken up all the caller time. I have enjoyed talking to you. I hope you will call us again uh, in in the future. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it, Fred. Do I have? Can I get uh, Karen in for thirty seconds here? Uh, hey, Karen uh, in Oakland, California. Welcome to the broadcast. Sorry that I've only got about fifteen. Seconds for you now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll call back later with uh, my questions. Just want to tell Fred if you think uh, Maxine Waters is uh, crazy and incites violence, uh, he hasn't heard of Howie Klein. Thank you. <laughs> Howie Klein? You think Howie Klein incites violence? Good Lord, he's a fine guest on our program. I guess I'll have to ask him back to see if he incites violence or not. Uh, okay, we do have time. Mark in Sherman Oaks. Go ahead, Mark. You got thirty seconds. Yes, brother, yes. The thing is about Reaganomics, yes, yes, maybe it was from Reagan. I mean, it is. Then the Republican loves it. But to change it, we're going to need a major change of consciousness of a large majority of Americans who worship money. Well, yeah, I hear you. But that's the difference. Trust me, that's the difference with Europe. Okay, so do you see any difference in uh, this bill than we have seen in previous bills over the past four decades when it comes to the way uh, the federal government is dealing with those who need help the most? Yes, in a way, yes, it is. It is. Because it says so much that on day one I will give you 2,000. So they have to do something. So, yes, they are not as in-your-face ugly as the Republicans. But at the end of the day, the politicians don't really change the general climate of the country. It's the nation. It's the consciousness of the people here who worship money. I hear you, brother. Thank you. Baby steps, my friend. Thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts with us here on the broadcast. Thanks also to Karen and, yes, to Fred. Uh, and thanks to my guest today, longtime Leon County, Florida Supervisor of Elections, Ion Sancho. To my board operator, D'Angelo Jones, to my producer, Desi Doyen, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, you will find me at TheBradBlog. We'll see you there. Until we see you here, hopefully tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Everybody.